Avengers Battle the Earthriker by Otto Binder. Read for you by John Wilson. Chapter 10 Doom Machine. Yet Cars was still in Antarctica, and still driving his monstrous tractor tank at the fleeing figure of Hawkeye, dashing madly but hopelessly across the smooth snowfields with no slightest heaven in sight. And the Golden Avenger, diving at meteoric speed, had no chance to reach his doomed companion, at least not in person. But from his right arm's hollow metal sleeve shot forth a steel spring that uncoiled to its full length of a hundred feet. At its end was a hook that caught expertly in Hawkeye's belt. The archer was yanked upward just as an enormous spiked tread rolled crunchingly over the spot he had vacated. Reeling in the steel spring, Iron Man said, My timer shows that was just three-tenths of a second before contact between you and the treads. A closer shave, said Hawkeye, only the slightest tremor in his voice betraying how shaken up he was, was never claimed even by a TV razor advertiser. He took a deep breath. Sorry, Ironhead, for jipping you out of collecting my insurance. What insurance? retorted the Golden Avenger. You know quite well no insurance company would be idiotic enough to insure any of us. The Avengers live the most dangerous lives on Earth. Even Lloyds of London reneged. Iron Man was just chatting to allow Hawkeye to regain his shattered composure. It was not easy for a man to be snatched from the jaws of death by a split hairline of time. But then he saw the bowman's lip curling in his usual devil-may-care smirk. Thanks for the assist, rusty joints, Hawkeye said. I'll let you hand me my arrows sometime when I'm firing with my unfailing skill. A black frown swept over his face, which reminds me, I'm going to get that outer space thug right now. Ever hear of the old soft underbelly deal? You mean, yeah. While I was being hounded by that coffee grinder, I looked back and saw that where the drive shaft for the treads extends up inside the engines, there's a hole with an inch clearance. An inch is all an arrow needs to get through. But if you stand below in front of the machine again, said Iron Man, he'll grind you into human hamburger. He won't see me, said Hawkeye mysteriously. Just fly me a mile away and you'll see. When Iron Man put the archer down a mile off, Hawkeye first pulled something from his belt and attached it to his bow. My telescopic sights, he said. Then he withdrew a thick shafted arrow and notched it. Carefully, he squinted through his sights until the crosshairs were on that hole he had seen, which was visible from any ground-level position. When Hawkeye let fly, Iron Man was startled to see the back end of the arrow burst forth with fire. He had never taken stock of Hawkeye's full repertory of amazing arrows. "'My rocket arrow!' crowed the archer as it sped at ever-increasing speed through the ice-cold air. Watching through his telescopic sights, Hawkeye suddenly exclaimed, "'Bullseye!' "'But then aren't all my shots? There it goes up into the soft underbelly of the machine, up into the inner works, where—' There was a muffled boom from the distant machine, and smoke squirted from its seams. I gave Cars a hot tip, said Hawkeye, grinning. An arrow tip armed with super thermite that makes steel burn like paper. He's probably yelling for the fire department right now. Let's go watch the fun. No less eager than Hawkeye to see the results, Iron Man hauled his companion through the air for a mile to land near the infrared beamer. 
It now ground to a stop and started wheeling crazily in a circle. Muffled explosions sounded inside, and a hole melted in the hull from the inside out. From the hole shot a lurid red glow as of a dozen forest fires burning fiercely. It looks as if my thermite arrow is like a fuse, setting off various flammables, chortled the bowman, and here comes the corner rat himself out of his tinderbox. Soot Street, cars came scuttling out of a hatchway down a ladder that suddenly burned off at the top, tumbling him the rest of the way into the snow. He stood up dazedly, staggering away from the huge pyre that his machine had now become. But then he shrugged, facing the two men with his usual aplomb. You think you've won, eh? But before you destroyed my infrared beamer, I shot a boring rocket down through the ice to come to rest a mile below. In that rocket is the heat current radiator I told you of. He leered at them. In nine days, its temperature charge will have built up to where the entire Antarctic ice cap melts, flooding the world. It will happen the same day that the giant comet arrives from space, so deal Earth another shattering blow. Two of my Earth dooms have been launched, and no power on Earth can stop them. It was true, Iron Man knew. No digging machine on Earth had the capability of penetrating the massive ice sheet covering Antarctica to reach and destroy the deadly device buried a mile down. Cars had won round two, after all. But at least you'll die, pronounced Iron Man, bringing up his right-hand gauntlet from a blast of my kill ray. Je suis sans souci, said Cars evenly. At Hawkeye's blank look, he translated, I am without worry. Iron Man fails to remember that all his puny rays were stopped before by an invisible force shield, which surrounds me now. But since then, hissed the Golden Avenger, remembering those hours in Anthony Stark's superbly equipped lab, I analyzed your force shield's likely structure and devised a way to break through it with this Z-ray. And as a poisonous blue ray sprang from Iron Man's transistorized finger projector, there was a puff of smoke. And then, nothing. Holy jumping Hannah, shrieked Hawkeye, eyes wide in disbelief. I thought you were kidding, but you did it. You destroyed cars. His elation died quickly with a haunted look came into his eyes. Of course, we still have two Earth Dooms to face, but maybe a team of the world's best scientists can prevent them. Anyway, we won't have two other Earth Dooms to contend with. We, oui, you will, mon ami, came a familiar voice. Cars? choked Hawkeye, aghast. But, but if he's dead... They looked up. Floating down in thin air was an image of cars, shimmering as if cast from a distance. The image spoke. All you destroyed was my android double. Android double? echoed Iron Man. Namely, a biological robot made of synthetic flesh and blood. Naturally, I could not set off three Earth Dooms simultaneously by myself, so I called for a teleportation of my waiting android doubles from my aides in the future. Hawkeye still thought it was a bad dream. You mean that android could think, talk, and act like you? Down to the last tiny item, gloated the car's image. As for me, I'm somewhere else on Earth. Utterly safe. I'm projecting my long-distance image and voice electronically to you from thousands of miles away. 
Then you're either in the South Seas or in the Sahara, conjectured Iron Man. Brilliant, mocked Cars. Now that you have failed to halt Earth Doom number two, may I turn my full attention to the other two dooms, s'il vous plaît? That guy burns me, exploded Hawkeye, with his foreign phrase dropping. If only he'd talk straight Americanese. All right, leered the image, fading out slowly like the Cheshire Cat with a last grin. You Avengers are called champs. Is that spelled C-H-U-M-P-S? Almost foaming at the mouth in fury, Hawkeye ripped an arrow from his quiver and shot straight at the image just as it blinked out. Wait till we meet next time, he raged. I'll crown him champ chump if it's the last thing I do. Simmer down, Hawkeye, admonished Iron Man. Your shouts are scaring half the penguins in Antarctica. Come on, I'll fly you back to Avenger headquarters. I just hope Goliath and the Wasp have their situation well in hand in the South Seas. Down in the cavern on a South Seas island, at sight of cars and his rumbling Vulcan machine, Goliath shot himself up to his ten-foot stature while the Wasp swiftly shrank to insect size. Their fighting forms. As the tiny winged girl flitted near his face, Goliath rapidly whispered a plan to her. Got it, she murmured darting away. Stealthily, Goliath picked up a huge boulder among several that lay scattered about. Cars still stood before a huge control board next to the machine, as if oblivious. Flexing all his muscles in one mighty heave, Goliath flung the boulder at the control board. Cars turned smilingly. Rather futile gesture, tall one, he said, touching a stud on his belt. A hissing disray accurately struck the boulder in mid-flight, and all that was seen of it was a vagrant smoke. I knew you were here all the time, came the mocking tones of the alien. You and your female companion were monitored the moment you entered the caves. What now, big oaf? Goliath was already rushing forward with another huge boulder, sprinting at a speed surprising for his hulk. When cars shot forth his disray, Goliath dodged with trigger-tense agility. Then he was upon cars, the boulder upraised in his hands, bringing it down with shattering force on his head. Goliath was startled. He had expected cars to have his personal force shield around him protectively, yet the boulder did not bounce away. Goliath was even more stunned to see the body of cars turn transparent under the blow and then fade from sight. That was amusing, chortled a voice behind Goliath. Whirling, he saw cars, alive and unharmed, coming around the corner of the giant machine. It was a little game I purposely played, planting my three-dimensional image out in the open, exposed. It quickly exposed your presence, eh, big one with the little brain? Goliath lunged and drove his fist at the second cars, but this time his blow bounced back from an invisible shell. Naturally, I'm protected gloated cars. Now listen to another amusing story of how Iron Man and Hawkeye killed me down in Antarctica. Cars related the details of that episode. And so you see, he finished, it was only my android double they destroyed. Goliath squinted his eyes, looking cars over from head to foot. What about you now? Are you another android or the real thing? Quien sabe? leered cars. We'll leave that as a tantalizing mystery. 
I enjoy feeling like the proverbial cat playing with the mouse. A gigantic mouse named Goliath. All right, the joke's on me, growled Goliath, exasperated at these ingenious tricks. And the punchline is that I could ray you down on the spot, came the grim rejoinder from Cars, his fingers straying toward his belt. Maybe so, admitted Goliath, fine beads of sweat on his brow. But tell me one thing first. I'm asking out of curiosity. Did your Vulcan machine start off that string of eruptions of long-dead volcanoes? Android or not, Cars's face shone with sudden pride. Yes, Goliath, and I grant you reprieve until you hear the full story of Earth Doom number three being launched here in this cave. Perched nearby in a crevice in the wall, the tiny wasp smiled to herself. It was exactly what she and Goliath had planned, getting Cars to boast of his accomplishment. It gave him sadistic satisfaction to have his Avenger opponents know before they died what coup he had pulled. The Vulcan machine, began Cars, is a generator of seismic waves. That is, it creates sound vibrations which travel down through the Earth's crust to the molten magma lying some twenty-five miles below. Goliath nodded in understanding. As Henry Pym, scientist who was well acquainted with geological data about the Earth's structure. Now earthquakes, as you know resumed Cars, almost as if he were lecturing a class, send forth seismic waves as their calling card. The seismographs of your scientists can pick them up and pinpoint where any earthquake occurs. But what is the cause of earthquakes? He paused and Goliath took the cue. They are caused by deep-seated slips of gigantic masses of rock inside the crust, which in turn are caused by leakage of molten magma through huge cracks. Duh, duh, nodded Cars. Earthquakes are often the prelude to volcanic eruptions, allowing a stream of molten rock to work its way up through the ancient weakness in the so-called solid ground. He waved at his rumbling machine, so the Vulcan machine simply sends down high-powered seismic waves to rupture the crust at key spots. A boiling river of molten lava rushes up from below and snakes its way to the surface, there to erupt into the air violently. I touched off the island chain of dead volcanoes. You saw the result. And your aim, guessed Goliath grimly, is to set off more volcanoes all around Earth? It's just a matter of broadcasting the seismic triggers, agreed Cars. I'm using the shotgun method scattering the vibratory fuses in all directions, downward through your planet. Eventually all the volcanoes on Earth, dead or alive, will erupt without let-up, a worldwide salvo that will devastate civilization. When, breathed Goliath, shaken at the mental picture of tens of thousands of Vesuviuses blowing their tops all over the world, nine days from now, gloated Cars, the giant comet my Mount Everest ultramagnet pulled down will smash into Earth when the Antarctic floods of the melting ice cap reach their peak. At that time, the worldwide volcanic barrage will also open up, and three Earth-wrecking holocausts in combination will start to render Earth kaput. Cars turned and poised his finger near his control board. 
When I press that final red push button, the seismic broadcast will speed down through the crust, setting off that geological chain reaction. The Vulcan machine has been warming up to its full ultrasonic power. Now it is ready. Thank you.